You're missing the point of what the I'm saying. What's good, everybody? Robin E here back on a brand new episode of Pillow Talk. As always, appreciate y'all for tuning in with me on this episode. Make sure you are subscribed to Pillow Talk Podcast, okay? And make sure you're following the YouTube page as well. Always dropping new interviews for you, for your pleasure. And you can always follow me on Facebook to be in on the live interviews okay i love comments i love feedback i love interaction so tune in don't be shy don't be scared y'all can jump on the live you know what i'm saying give me the one two real quick i ain't tripping all right just want to give all praises to god glory bless his name i have equipped and finally gotten myself a studio location so i am super excited about that after two years okay after two years of grinding and using people's studios and doing it out my home and all that i have finally gotten a space i can call my own so if you're in the chicagoland area michigan indiana any of that and you feel like driving out here to lake county illinois i guarantee you it will be a trip you won't forget the studio is amazing we got a lot going on up there at the location so make sure you tap in with me if you want to be featured live on pillow talk podcast all right today bringing you guys another nostalgic episode as we wind down black history month y'all know i love my black media y'all know i love my black history and i'm gonna preach it all day every day morning noon night evening supper time brunch midnight all of that all of that of course as we go through the month we've been reviewing a lot of classic black movies and classic black media okay but one thing i think we're starting to overlook as we move further along down this time realm we're in is modern black culture and how modern black culture has already started giving pieces to history as we speak all right i'm talking about black reality tv shows keep listening new episode dropping right now I'm so glad that this snow is done and over with. All right, I'm here in the Midwest area, and y'all already know we got hit quadruple times with the snow this year. But I knew that was going to happen. All y'all that was in December, like, oh, we had such a mild winter, we ain't going to get no snow. I wonder how you feel right now. I wonder how you felt when you was digging your ass out of your parking spot, or out of your parking lot to get where the hell you had to go. Y'all must have forgot. Okay, first off, uh, climate change is real, okay? And if this is not an example of it, damn it, I don't know what it is. Sending our prayers to Houston as well. They got hit and they really took a big brunt. Um, I'm just very shocked, for one, on how their houses uh, collapsed like they did, in a sense. So what type of like lumber and wood are y'all using out there? Because don't y'all have hurricanes and shit like that, too? No? That's Florida? Okay. But I was just really confused. Like, people's ceilings, whole ceilings were caved in. They were flooded. It was just really, really bad. And then the electricity bill skyrocketed to, like, thousands of dollars. And I just I just don't understand. So, sending prayers to Houston. Um, I hope y'all get it together. I hope everything's a little easier for you guys now. And 
think twice. Now, I've definitely just took Houston off of places to move, okay? I don't know if that's just me, but I had a nice list of of places warm that I would like to go where there's a lot of black people. Now, I'm not feeling so hot about Houston, so um, prayers to y'all. Hope y'all make it out. Always, always shouting Happy Black History Month, and I have been spending most of my month working, trying to get some things in order, and binging black media, because you know that's what I do. The other day, I was sitting in my room uh, writing some stuff up, and I started watching um, Basketball Wives. And I had to sit and think about all of the other reality shows that are black based that have come out in modern culture. Took it all the way back to College Hill days, okay? And I took my ass over to Amazon Prime and started binge watching College Hill and it just brought back all of this nostalgic feeling and how the whole epitome of black reality really has changed over the years. And this is something that's, you know, 10, 12 years old now. And only in the last decade have we transcended from this idea of black reality to what we're experiencing right now. So I just want to pay homage to a few of my favorite black reality shows. In addition to some shows that should have gotten more respect, but we're not going to, you know what I'm saying? We're not going to do that versus a lot of the main shows that we forgot were, you know, even existed and how impactful they really were to the culture. Shanice, Louis, Louis, Shanice, what's happening? What's happening? She told you about her twin sister? Yeah, she did. She told me Don't about her twin sister. Don't we look just alike? Yeah. Where you going? I ain't going nowhere, but... But what? <laughs> this is cool. What's up? Um, Come on, Louis. Louis, I'll let you was talking in the okay, car about I, me I, and my sister. I understand that, but you were just too much for me. What's this that supposed is, to mean? We I, twins? Twins, like, we look alike, you know what I'm saying? I mean... This is that's shocking. That's family, babe. I understand, but this is a... This is too much. This is beautiful. No, that's, that's just enough. Ain't it, Will? That, that right there, that's what I can handle, okay? Now, this is right here. It's just what, too much. Don't, I thought you came in here for fun. Just, maybe, maybe, the, maybe the whip is too much. Just you scared? Am I scaring you? Come on, Louis. Yes. You look confused. I am confused. And well, I thought I'm you gonna were ready to, to get, go. I'm going to need to get. I'm going to need. Damn, girl. Come on, Boo. This is my sister. Come I thought you were trying to come, come back on. and be with come us. Come on. Okay, 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 what? okay. You okay. okay, look. Let me go into the bathroom no. and slip on, get real like in my boxers and comfortable, and I will be right with you. I promise I will be right with you. So all I'm about to do. Is I'm about to go into that bathroom, okay, sexy? We gonna be watching you. Okay, y'all gonna be watching me. Yeah, you. Ah! What the? F- ah! Ah! Hey, uh, what the? F- <laughs> that? You're on a date. You're on a date. What's going on? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to get right. I'm going to get right with you. I'm going to get right with you and your sister, okay? Because hell date. Listen, hell date. Do y'all remember hell date? Do you? Okay, do you? This premiered in 2007 on BET, okay? And it was a reality show, dating reality show, with the intent of setting up terrible blind dates, okay? The date T is set up with the blind date who then continues to wreck the date. 
right before the date hits its climax, before somebody gets shot or beat the fuck up, a midget in a cupid slash devil suit jumps out and screams, hell date, hell date, hell date. <laughs> You're on hell date. <laughs> like, what was the creative process that went into that? Like, I want to know what was the pitch, okay? Who came into the studio and said, we're going to do a blind date show, but we're going to make it hell. And we're going to actually have a mini devil there. Like, seriously, though. <laughs> now, this only had two seasons, which I'm not surprised. I didn't even know that they were able to get to two seasons. I briefly remember the show on BET. Like, seriously. I watched a few episodes. This last clip I just played was uh the first episode of Hell Date. And Buddy Ass was just irritating as fuck. Like, he wasn't even cute. And he was doing the most on the day thought he was gonna get him two bad bitches some sisters and the rest is history <laughs> you guys can check out the clip actually of that scene of hell date on my ig page because listen that shit was funny as hell my thing is this it could have been better you know what i'm saying it really really could have been better had they took a little more time to plan out how the show was going to play out, they maybe could have stretched it. Now, when you're looking at blind date shows, you don't have any black blind dating shows. You know what I'm saying? You got you had like a Lemonade and I think it was like Hot Date and uh, some other shit from back in the day and like Cheaters and shit like that. But you didn't have nothing that was really black based. OK, so thumbs up to them for making it really a black ass show in all extents. OK. I don't understand what the whole point of the little devil was. Um, you know, I'm into symbolic shit, so I don't know what that was about, but it, it, it just could have been better. I'm going to give them a thumbs up again for having a black dating show and actually making it, you know, production worthy as far as multiple cameras, you know, locations, uh, uh, a nice little plot, people that weren't acting a complete fool on camera. So I'm going to give them that. But the whole plot, the whole basis behind it, as far as like the ending for me, it just wasn't, it just wasn't that. It wasn't that. Maybe if they would have had a little bit more, I don't know, exciting dates, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what could have made it better. It just was corny, I guess. I don't know. It was just something corny about it. Way, way ahead of his time. But shout out to Hell Date. Next up, we got Nellyville, okay? Nellyville, which premiered in 2014 on BET, all right, a docuseries style reality show following Nelly and his family, including his relationship with Miss Jackson, all right? Now, for those that know who Miss Jackson is, you know, that was Floyd Mayweather's ex-boo, longtime girlfriend, and her and Nelly actually got together right after her and Floyd broke up. Nelly and Floyd used to be friends, okay? They used to hang out, and then Nelly got his bitch. Floyd got it in his chest. That was that. I'm just wondering why Floyd ain't come at Nelly like that. I mean, I know Nelly worked out and he swole and everything, but maybe he thought he was going to get in his ass. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but Floyd was definitely in his feelings about that. And Miss Jackson faced a lot of ridicule uh, after her, you know, separation from Floyd. And once again, we always have that double standard in the media where women, you know, get ridicule when they just want to move on from a relationship, especially if it's to somebody that's treating you better. You know, Floyd um, had a lot of children. Well, not even going to say a lot of children, but he just had a lot of women, a lot of, you know, miscuity that was going on. And for her to be who she was, prominently his girlfriend, I'm sure that shit 
got on her fucking nerves. Like, you ain't finna be out here doing me dirty and everybody know I'm your bitch. Like, you know, money isn't everything, clearly, because Floyd got more money than Nelly. But, um, yeah. So, I really, really love this show because, to me, this was the first time we get to see a rapper in more of a prominent light. Um, a rapper that you know, is well known and we know some bits about his life, but we don't really know the ins and outs and get to see him, you know, in his family dad mode. Now, no shade to T.I. and, you know, and Tiny or whatever, you know, they under some speculation right now. I'm not going to give them the glorification. All right. On here, because anytime I see rape next to your name in the news and the media and there's allegations, listen, it's, it's, it's something going on with that. It's something going on with that shit. But T.I. and Tiny, to me, their setup was just, I don't know, it, it's a little more, I guess, glammed up in a sense. Not as believable to me as Nelly's was. Now, you know, a quick backstory on Nelly. You know, he came from St. Louis and his sister, um, older sister, had died of cancer. And she asked that he would take care of her children um, in her demise. So he legally did adopt her two children as his own and he was taking care of them in addition to his daughter that in itself to me is beautiful um you don't really get to see a lot of stories like that and know the ins and outs of it and nelly was facing a lot of ridicule um during his tip drill phase you know what i'm saying with women and he went to a women's conference i believe um somewhere after that tip tip drill video came out and he was booed you know he was booed off of the stage he then went to um, a cancer, um, you know, formation where he was supposed to speak. People were booing and weren't really trying to listen. And he had to profound himself and let them know, you know, my music has nothing to do with why I'm here today in the you know, fight for my sister. You know, my sister is sick and she's needing her support and she's needing, you know, everybody to understand what's going on with her. This ain't got shit to do with me. So I really, really love that part about Nelly. Um I love that he's able to separate himself. You know what I'm saying? I love that he's able to be this star and be Nelly and be all of that in addition to who he is as a family man. So we really got to see him play the dad role. We get to see his beautiful daughter and see their relationship and him with the other kids. Get to see them kind of laughing it up, chopping it up, you know, doing their thing. Um, I believe this was only one season they were able to do. And I'm pretty sure Nelly or the kids probably had something to do with that. Because it really was a good show. It really was wholesome. You know what I'm saying? It was a good-ass show. The kids wasn't doing the most. Doing extra shit. I just, I just fucked with it. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't really hate anything about the series. I just wish it would have been longer. Um, I think that we should have been able to see a little more in-depth as far as him um balancing multiple projects in addition to his kids seeing how they were flourishing we were able to kind of see how each of them had their own spark you know music modeling um and his daughter nana who's in college and we were able to kind of see them all go their separate routes i would have liked to kind of see them evolve kind of see them more so in the spotlight but you know uh people that are children of celebrities they really don't like to you know do that so i guess i could see that Next up, we got Baldwin Hills. Baldwin Hills. Baldwin Hills. Okay. I love that show. I'm sorry. Okay. Baldwin Hills, a reality show, 2007. Okay. This also came out on BET. Following black teens living in Baldwin Hills. Okay. So if you're unfamiliar with Baldwin Hills territory, that's L.A. 
okay, California. Um, Baldwin Hills is considered like the black Hollywood within that area. You know, athletes, superstars, celebrities, everybody black that's living in that area usually lives in Baldwin Hills. So we're able to see and follow um, the children of all of these people in addition to not even um, celebrity children, but just black kids that live in this area, how they maneuver in life, what their life is like, and the type of social injustices that they face, even in the type of area that they're in. So I really, really love Baldwin Hills because this is the first type of show we've ever had like this, okay? Never once before that have we had a representation of rich, wealthy black kids. That's the basis of it. And we've never been able to see, you know, what their life is like, the type of lessons that they're learning, the type of interactions that they're having. And if they are connected to the hood, if they are, in fact, you know, going to different parts of of California or L.A. or, you know, surrounding hoods and understanding, you know, their worth and how lucky they are to be in that position. We're able to see all different walks of life, everybody that's surrounding the Baldwin Hills area and how living in that area affects them as well. So it really, really was a diverse show that I think was ahead of its time. Real quick, I want to play a clip for y'all, which I think was one of the most powerful moments in the whole Baldwin Hills series, uh, Baldwin Hill series, because it really does highlight what it's like to be black in America. And even if you have certain opportunities and you're given you know, certain resources, there's still going to always be this notion at the end of the day that you're black. And if there weren't people pushing for that diversity, it wouldn't exist. You have a problem if you need to be with black people all the time and there's something wrong with you, you need to be with the rest of the community. This is what kills me the most about Archer. I was thinking about it. Everybody goes, why are all the black people hanging out together? Why doesn't anybody go over to the white people and go, oh, why aren't you friends with so-and-so? And it's like, and it's like, every, yeah. so and, it's it's like, like and my whole thing is, it's like, okay, why is it always the black people that are somehow isolating themselves when there isn't anybody else coming over, coming over to them? Yeah. Like, like you, you don't you ever do, go up to them. I feel like, like black people are very intimidated. Your dad's white, so you and have, you're like, oh. Yeah, unfortunately for you, I, because you are mixed, you've, people have been more willing to accept you and welcome you. And I, and I, I mean, I've, I've noticed it, like at Archer at least. It's like, oh, Willie, you have curly hair. Oh my God, I love you, Willie, you're so pretty. da 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 All that other stuff. And Dara, Willie is You're one of my best friends. I'm just saying that I can see how in your eyes you could see you're nothing like it's, wrong with yeah, it. It's not like I'm completely blind to separation. I'm just saying that it's I wouldn't want to go to HBCU because I, I wouldn't want to constantly be around a billion black people right, all that's the time. Good. And and I mean, it's not saying I don't love black people. I'm black, yeah, that's what I'm saying. just as black as I am white. You know? No, I know. Like You want to be like very diverse in your college experience, and that's yeah. the opposite for me because I've been so diverse all my life. Right. And I was like, yeah, whatever, yeah. I can't do it anymore. Like, just powerful. You know what I'm saying? Just a powerful moment right here. Um, something that we always face, unfortunately, especially when we're in a situation where we are the minority, literally. White people are always asking black people, you know, why they're all cooped up together, why they're not talking to other people. Why aren't the white people coming and talk to us? Why aren't they trying to interject us into their circle? So I really, really love that we were able to see these young black people have this type of conversation and to be aware of the type of world that they live in. I absolutely love the series. There's nothing, nothing at all that I would change about it. Um, I'm happy that they were able to have uh, multiple seasons. I believe they had three seasons. So we got to see a lot of representation in different walks of life. And we were able to kind of follow the story of these, you know, prominent black kids as they make these choices and move on into their life. I would love to see a Baldwin Hill, you know, where they're at now 
special just to see you know where their lives ended up in the type of roles that they ended up playing in America because this is something that I would love to teach future kids and something that I would love to show future black kids you know for years and years to come real shit next up we got College Hill oh shit oh shit (laughs) yes College Hill also aired on BET because listen this one BET was black period okay this is when BET had real black entertainment for your ass so College Hill came out January 28 2004 okay and aired until 2009 so they had quite a few seasons as well four seasons now fun fact executive producer for College Hill was Tracy Edmonds who was the ex-wife of Babyface okay Tracy Edmonds is a very prominent black producer in Hollywood okay she also um used to be a host for um extra you know which was like you know, one of the news uh, stories or, I don't know, programs that used to come on E. So she's a very prominent, proud, you know, black house woman in Hollywood. And she had a hand in making a lot of black productions. So shout out to her for that. Um, We're able to see a wide range. I'm sorry, this is actually six seasons because I forgot about the Virgin Islands because woo, baby, okay? But yes, uh, the purpose around College Hill is around-the-clock camera surveillance chronicles the complex lives of university students, okay? Predominantly black. So we're able to see, you know, America as far as like Atlanta in addition to overseas as far as the Virgin Islands. So... First off, shout out to BET for doing your shit because you sent some black kids over to the Virgin Islands. Some kids that probably never would have that opportunity ever in their life, okay? And they're over there getting education. So, yeah, you're over there getting experience and you're on a reality TV show. But you're also in school. You're also able to receive some type of education or knowledge while you're there. That's amazing, okay? Straight up amazing, okay? Straight up, straight up amazing. I really, really love um, the whole notion behind College Hill because you have like real world and I don't know what, what's another like prominent reality show? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Fear Factor, shit like that. (laughs) But you never get to see black students okay you never get to really get that inner scope into black university life and how they interact where they come from what type of majors they have and you know how they interact with each other in addition to that we got to see how different backgrounds can clash and to me this is important because a lot of people think that all black people are the same or that we're all thinking the same and we all have the same lifestyle the same mind state not knowing that they're so different so many different variations of black and what it means to be black, okay? And how your experiences don't necessarily define that you're black. So this was a great chance for us to see how different walks of life mesh or, you know, connect and how you can learn a lot about yourself and about other people if you're open to receiving that type of knowledge and information. But let's just be honest. The Virgin Islands, baby, was the best season, okay? Was the best season because I never got over Vanessa getting kicked out the house. Crystal didn't have to hit her with that shoe. She didn't have to do it. Crystal deserved to get her ass beat. And I just wish she would have let Vanessa just continue on with it. (laughs) No, for real. But um, I loved, like I said, everything about the show. I I really, really loved just seeing... um, 
black kids of different backgrounds coming together and being able to go to a university, being able to travel, being able to meet people from different walks of life, being able to be in the limelight and not be, a, you know, in a reference to your mugshot, you know what I'm saying? Or somebody airing out your dirty laundry. You're a reality star on this show and all you're doing is going to school and being black and doing what you're supposed to do. Um... I wouldn't change anything about the show. I really wouldn't. I wish they would have made more seasons and they would have maybe planned out um, more activities for them to do. In the show, a lot of them were working with celebrities and they had certain tasks that they were doing. So that was awesome. But I just wish they would have had a little more interaction for them to do on the campuses. But nonetheless, an amazing show. I haven't seen another show like College Hill or Baldwin Hills. If you know another show that's like that, that's black, please let me know because I'd love to watch it. But we haven't seen any other representations like Baldwin Hills or College Hill since they've came out. Just saying. Next up, we got Keisha Cole. Just like you. Trying to take my time and get to know me. Okay, I can't sing. But yes, Keisha Cole had her reality show. Now listen, for the babies that don't know, Keisha Cole had a whole reality show when she came out, all right? The Way It Is also premiered on BET July 12, 2006 and aired until 2008. So she was able to get three seasons out that thing. Okay, Keisha, we see you. We see you doing your thug thizzle, period. So the purpose of this um, is to follow Keisha Cole after her recent blasting success. So if you remember when Keisha Cole came out, she was almost like an overnight sensation. You know what I'm saying? She came on the market. She was hot. People fucked with her. She had the skunk hair going on and we were rocking with her. So this show came out literally right as she was taking off. So we were able to see Keisha Cole working with Diddy, doing her tours, you know, interacting with the public, being a celebrity. But we also got to see the background of Keisha Cole, her story and her relationship with her mother, who was addicted to drugs. So I love any time we get to see the real shit. You know what I'm saying? Anytime we get to see the nitty gritty, the raw, give it to them raw, okay? I I love that because I know that this ain't fake. I know that y'all didn't just create this image of this person for the show. This is who this person really is. So Keisha Cole has a very rough upbringing and you get to hear a lot of it in her debut album in her music but you really got to see a lot of it on the show from her destructive relationship with her siblings to her not really knowing who her father is and then her taking care of her mother so I love that Keisha Cole was brave enough to let us into her life now one thing I don't like I think that maybe she might have did that a little too soon um Keisha Cole to me is one of those stars that's kind of fading out um I haven't heard anything recently from Keisha Cole that's made me be like, okay, she still got her shit. Like, it's been a couple years for me, you know, where Keisha has made music that really um, impacts us the way it did when she first came out. But obviously, you know, people are hungrier when they're trying to get it in the beginning versus when they got it. So I think if she would have waited a little bit till she got a little more established before letting us into her life in that right, I think that the show would have been more tasteful. Um, People started, you know, clowning her family and started giving her a lot of negative connotation because of that show and people started feeling like you know she was just this hood bitch and you know she didn't really care about x y and z and it just kind of painted some negative light for her so i wish that maybe she would have waited a little bit longer but nonetheless that was fire i don't know another reality show 
earlier in that time that was black that we got to really see the ins and outs of somebody's family like that. You know what I'm saying? We got to see her mother when she was in fucking jail. You know what I'm saying? Before she got her teeth done, when she had no teeth in her mouth, her hair was fucked up. You know what I'm saying? We really got to see it. We got to see her sister in a bad situation. We really got to see it. So I love, again, just that rawness that we were able to see from that show. So, um, I, again, I just wish that, you know, Keisha could still be on top like she was then because that was a really magical time for her. Next up, we got Making the Bear. Listen, because period. Now, this was a time. I really feel bad for y'all that don't know about making the band era and diddy era in the cheesecake y'all just don't understand that was a very very magical time okay making the band mtv all right came out march 24th 2000 and it aired until october 2009 so we had nine years almost a decade of making a band so this originally did air on abc and then it moved to mtv after season one clearly they got a taste of that black media and they said, y'all got to get the fuck on. I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at y'all for doing what you needed to do, period. So the purpose of making a band was to find, you know, or scout undiscovered talent and mold them into a group. Okay, so Diddy, P. Diddy, Sean Combs, Sean John, fuck you talking about Bad Boy Records, is one of the main producers and the creator of this show. And he saw fit to find a band okay he wanted to find a band that he could create and mold to be successful period now of course y'all know the history p diddy bad boys they've had numerous you know groups and artists that have traveled through there you know 112 used to be signing bad boys as well and we got total it's a lot of a lot of groups so diddy to me is one of those hungry you know successful hungry niggas that feels like he can repeat the same formula time and time again but baby, sometimes what work for one motherfucker don't work for the next. Okay, you don't work for the next. <laughs> so season one through three focused on the band, and looking back on it, it really, they really wasn't it. It really wasn't it for me. So the thing that makes making a band interesting to me is that it actually did generate a few bands that actually had some success, but it gave. Our artists as far as rappers you know uh soulful singers people that didn't have this american idol look an opportunity to be successful in their right use the talent that god gave them and god damn it god speed so the band was the first group um that consisted of members my favorite dylan okay boop, boop. <laughs> because i spit hot fire because i spit hot fire and we got baps and then we got Choppa, okay? So the first group, uh, you know, was really, to me, just a jumble of random people. And Diddy tried his hardest to make them pop, but it just wasn't, it wasn't that. We don't have mixed groups anymore as far as men and women. When you look back at, like, the 50s and stuff like that, you'll see a lot of groups that have, you know, a woman that's maybe, like, a backup singer or, you know, like Gladys Knight and the Pips, a woman who's forefront and then she just got her niggas in the back singing the oohs and ahs. So I feel like Diddy tried to create 
that type of mixed, you know, uh, gender group. But it just it just wasn't happening. It, it wasn't happening for me. Season four came and then we had day 26. OK, which was actually a successful boy band group. They did their thug thizzle. Y'all remember the battle? Listen, <laughs> now I tried to search on YouTube and I could not find it. If I find it, I'm gonna post it on my IG page. But do y'all remember Diddy had these grown ass men battling songs in the middle of the living room? It's like the middle of the day and these motherfuckers is battling songs in the middle in the middle of the living room. <laughs> Okay, and then this nigga Diddy, in the first uh one one through three seasons, had these people walk their ass across New York to get this motherfucker a cheesecake. You think I'm lying? Listen, look, people that know they laugh because y'all know <laughs> he had these motherfuckers walking across across the New York Bridge or whatever the shit was <laughs> to get his ass some fucking cheesecake. Like, Dave Chappelle wasn't exaggerating when he did his mock of the band. You know what I'm saying? He was not exaggerating. And Dave Chappelle actually had Baps um, and a few other other members in his mock that he did as well. Um, because the shit was just ridiculous as fuck, period. So then we go to um, the rest of season four and some of season three. Where we have Danny Kane, which was the girl group. And then Donnie Kling. I vaguely remember Donnie Kling and I felt really bad because I was researching and I had to rewatch, you know, some of the seasons. And I was like, who is this white? Who is this white dude? Like, I, I seriously don't remember. Like, I, I literally don't remember. Yeah. So Danny B. Kane was it for me, though. To me, they were the most successful group out of all the groups that came out of the Making a Band series. They, you know, uh, had their albums and they had their videos. Showstopping was my shit. OK, showstopping. We show showstopping. We showstopping. We show showstopping. I don't know why I'm just in the mood to sing. It's the wine. So, yes, shout out to Diddy for creating this. Um. What I love the most about this, again, was that representation. But it was a black way of showing and showcasing, you know, black art. Um, again, when you're talking about American Idol and, you know, all of these other reality shows that are looking for stars, you know, nine times out of ten, they're not going to pick a black person unless we sound like Fantasia or Ruben Stuttered. Shout out to you guys because y'all did y'all shit. Um, but we don't have something that's really like our own where we can go up there and, you know, rap a bar, spit some poetry, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, sing, you know, some dirty shit and not be looked at crazy because we're expressing our art. So I love that. And we get to see a professional side of the business. Now, Diddy definitely had his moments where he, you know, his panties was in a bunch and he was doing some real female shit. Okay. But for the most part, he had structure. Okay. And we're getting to see a business mogul who's been in the game, who's created, you know, numerous hits and, and found all of these stars. We get to see the process. We get to see what goes into being successful in this industry. We get to see what's needed, what captures the eye. We get to see how hard people are going to work for it, which makes you think how hard you want to work for it. So I loved being able to see that business aspect of it. We're always so caught up in just, you know, 
the clout and a person going viral like nowadays versus back then when you still had to make your way into the limelight you still had to work your way up and once you got to to the door you still had to work your ass up to the elevator or up the stairs you know it was a never-ending stop of work and I think a lot of people that want to be in the media industry or the music industry tend to forget that shit the work don't stop once you get in the door baby it just gets started, <laughs> okay? And you get to see how it's important for you to know how to work with different types of people, how to take criticism, how to up your game. Like, it's just so many le- lessons, like, period, period. There's nothing I would change about making a band. Um, Diddy did his part by playing the villain slash hero. <laughs> when you the one supplying the studio in the house, I mean, I guess you can do shit like that. So shout out to Diddy for that. <laughs> Next up, we have the Michael Vick Project. So this reality show aired on BET February 2nd, 2010, and it actually ended April 6th, 2010. So he didn't even get a full season for the show. So for those who are unfamiliar with Michael Vick and why this is even a prominent show, remember in 2007, he pled guilty to felony dog fighting and was sentenced to 23 months in federal prison. So Michael Vick served time for this and his whole NFL career, he's an NFL star, went to shit after this whole scenario and he never really was able to bounce back. So the purpose of this show was to kind of show him reprising himself. He had just been released from his sentence and he was trying to reemerge himself back into the limelight, back into the NFL. And we were able to see the struggle that was going on with him as he was trying to do that. So I really, really love this show because... We never really got to, you know, see the other side of this scenario. Michael Vick was projected as just this villain. I mean, there were caricatures of him in like the newspaper and people were bashing him all the time. They were, you know, one of the burners jerseys and all these things. And we didn't get to really hear how he was coping with it, how his family was coping with it. Now, despite what he did, and I'm not saying that that was, you know, right. He still was a person and he still had to live his life and his whole career, his whole life, you know what I'm saying, just went to shit after that. We see so many white athletes, you know, beat their wives and do all of these drunk driving things and drugs and all this other shit that they do. And never are they blown up on the spot the way Michael Vick was. So to me, this is definitely one of those stories that should have been told more in depth so we can kind of see what really the fuck is going on. Of course, this is unfortunately a common scenario that happens with black athletes, you know, black celebrities. Um, Anytime you're caught doing something wrong, people are going to always put that negative depiction on you and they never give you a chance to redeem yourself. So I'm sad for Michael Vick that this is the way his career kind of went and that this was his attempt in redemption. And unfortunately, it failed. Next up, we have Sweetie Pies, Sweetie Pies, okay? Um, Sweetie Pies aired October 15th through 2011 um, through 2018. So this premiered on the Oprah Winfrey Network. Ching-ching, dollar-dollar bills, y'all. It also won an NAACP Award for Outstanding Reality Series. First off, I have been to Sweetie Pies in St. Louis. And let me just tell you, that macaroni and cheese and that motherfucking mashed potatoes, argue with your granny. Argue with your granny, all right? Matter of fact, dry your ass down there and bring her some. 
And y'all can argue together because it's that. It's that. So Robbie, um, Miss Robbie, is the manager, creator, owner of Sweetie Pies. She's actually one of the original backup singers for Ike and Tina. So after her career musically ended, she started cooking and selling books and ended up opening a restaurant. So she has a few locations in St. Louis and she was actually able to secure a reality show. All right. So shout out to you, Miss Robbie, for doing your shit. Sweetie Pies is so food based. They have an amazing variety of food. Um, When I was eating meats, the chicken baby, okay, the chicken wings fire and she also has um an assortment of desserts as well so what makes sweetie pies so delicious and just so great is her you know implementing all of her recipes everything that is prepared in the restaurants is a recipe from her family um passed down to her from her mother and so forth and so forth so you're really getting home cooked meals okay she's back there prepping right along with the workers she's back there checking the food right along with the workers making sure that everything is everything also get to see you know a family business aspect of course she has her son um employed as a manager her nieces and nephews and everybody is involved in making sure that sweetie pies runs efficiently so of course you know with family and money and business comes trouble and we get to see a lot of conflicts and just how dominant miss robbie has to be in order to keep things afloat the thing that fucks me up about the relationship younger people have with older people is that we like to pretend or think that older people are stupid okay when they get old with age and they start forgetting a little bit you know what i'm saying they get a little slower we start feeling like we can get over on them or feeling like we can finesse them it's always that one old motherfucker that's sharper than your ass you know what i'm saying that's gonna gonna know when the fuck you fucking with them and that's definitely Miss Robbie. She, you know, is well into her 80s and she's been running all these locations and been a prominent force in making sure that her businesses thrive. Fun fact, James Tim, which is actually her son, James Tim Norman, um, is currently facing a murder for hire plot charge surrounding the death of his nephew. Lord, Lord had mercy. So Miss um, Robbie's nephew was killed few years back okay drive-by shooting supposedly and then a year or so later comes to find out that tim actually hired for her nephew to be killed in reference to insurance money it gets real okay it gets real because again when you're working in this type of environment this type of business you're not talking about ten thousand dollars you know what i'm saying you're talking about hundred thousand two hundred thousand you know five hundred thousand dollars okay everybody's insured in this motherfucker and i'm just thinking looking at the outside in watching the show tim felt as though <laughs> he was expendable he felt as though his nephew was expendable and that he could be you know uh, uh used in the situation to get more money tim has money problems he's been in and out of jail over the years so Everything's unfortunately falling into place. But if you guys have never uh, checked that out, I would highly, highly, highly recommend you to check out Sweetie Pies. Fire. Next up, we got Bring It. Mm, Bring It. Okay, Bring It was Lifetime. uh, It premiered on Lifetime Network on March 5th, 2014. And it aired until 2019. So we got five seasons. I love any time a black show gets more than one season because y'all know how they like to do us. Y'all know they like to do us bogus. They like to give us a season and a half and then they just take us off the air and they don't say shit. 
I just got a little mad. They don't say shit. But the purpose of Bring It is following the Dancing Dolls, okay? The Dancing Dolls, a majorette team from Jackson, Mississippi. And we follow them as they, you know, win competitions, practice. We also get to just show the range of black art and performance. So this is a very original concept. Um, in the black community, you know, we use dance majorette, stepping, drums. We use a lot of those antics you know, as a getaway for children, um, also to promote community. So us being able to see this aspect of the community and the dancing dolls was very, very beautiful to see. It's a group of young women. They had an amazing coach. Um, and they were winning competitions. It wasn't like they were some rinky dink group, you know, they was really, you know, winning shit. They were world, they were world renowned, but they were more so known all throughout, you know, the state of Mississippi. So it was really great to kind of see, them get that highlight and get that shine, get to see these young women who are, you know, pursuing dreams and dancing, who are getting that exposure, who have other role models and other peers that they can rely on. I'm very, very big on self-love and loving each other and women empowering women. And there's never an age that you're too young to empower a girl. So let's just make sure that y'all understand that. I don't care if the baby is two. I don't care if the baby is... 85 you know what i'm saying you can never not have a moment where you can't empower a woman so seeing this community in the dancing world and seeing them trust each other and still power in each other confidence in each other push each other really creates a sense of love and self-love amongst a lot of young women uh, young girls so i hope that more so a lot of young girls were able to see that show because I think that it really, again, promotes that connecting and positivity among the youth. Um, these are the foundations that are going to make leaders, that are going to make women who know how to work with other women, who know how to chase their dreams, who know how to be confident in what they do. Fun fact, Coach Diana, Miss D, who was the coach, head coach of Bring It, was actually a hardcore porn star before she started coaching <laughs> oh man listen listen now i'm not saying these things to you know fuck up the good things that have happened in the show i'm just reminding you that this is black shit <laughs> we we're human okay and we're not perfect and we make mistakes and just because we make these mistakes it doesn't mean you have to discredit all of the other things that we've done Miss D, I don't know how you was going to bounce back from that whole porn star situation, you know, with Google and everything, but more power to you. So I'm not certain if that's why maybe they're off of the air. I'm, I don't know. Um, they haven't had any new seasons. They haven't had any replays as of recent. So, uh, yeah, but I loved it. Um, absolutely nothing I would change about the show. I think it's an amazing production. 10 out of 10. Next up, we got Basketball Wives. Okay. Okay, Basketball Wives. So this premiered on VH1. Shawnee O'Neal created this, okay? Shawnee O'Neal, the ex-wife of Shaquille O'Neal, created this show, premiered in 2010, okay? Still running, still up and running, okay? Still up and going, still having new episodes, still having new seasons. I haven't checked Basketball Wives in so long. Um, I think I stopped watching after season three. But season one will always be the GOAT to me because that brought us Tammy, Roman, Evelyn. Just an amazing setup. Um, 
basis purpose of the show is highlighting the lives of NBA wives, ex-wives, or current girlfriends of NBA players. So we get to see the struggles, the pain, the laughter, the luxury, and the jealousy even within your own circle. I think what makes Basketball Wives relevant is because we get to see black luxury like we've never seen it before. And unfortunately, there's a negative connotation that when black people have money that they change. When black people have money that they ain't black no more. (laughs) If this show isn't... (laughs) If this show is not an example of how much money don't change black people, I don't know what the fuck is. <laughs> because, listen, they was doing some of the most ghetto with shit on there, arguing, the mouths. Listen, when Tammy and Evelyn had their little moment, listen, baby. <laughs> okay, because, listen. Obviously, we don't, even, we don't know each other that long, mm-hmm. right? We're just all getting to know each other and I had no idea that you were gonna come into this world in like about 1999 me and your ex-husband dated and we dated for like maybe I would say roughly six months did you him? we did we did I'm not gonna lie twice I'm gonna keep it real. We did, because I'm not gonna lie and have some bite me in the ass. What you did was you just made me look stupid. No, I didn't make you look stupid. First no, of all, I don't even look... know you like that. You, you made me look stupid. In this, you coming in this circle as her friend, like, how am I gonna say something like that? You, my man, when I was married to him, you just say that. I didn't know you was married to him. It's not a mother on this planet that didn't know that Kenny Anderson was married. I didn't. I don't give a, I don't give a it's not it's not a bitch walking, a hoe walking, a trick walking, a jump off walking that didn't know that he was married. It's bitches that know that is married, they're still with them. Right. That and I've been in that position. Okay, well then you should understand okay. how the I feel. It really makes me wonder if the entire time that we've been hanging out and chilling and talking and getting to know each other, was it real or was it like some fraudulent bull? Because I'm going to keep it real with you right now. It's all that I can do because I have grown to like you and I have grown to feel close to you. It's all that I could do right now to keep from punching you in your face. That is shady. Wait, why is it shady? shady? Because you knew. I didn't know. I did but know. You I knew. did know, but I'm trying to go. Okay. When the f- was you going to tell me? you mean, I was going to tell you. I was just thinking to myself, this is just bad. It is what it is. Like, that everybody so well, I, and that's not lie, how I see it lie. that's not how okay, I see well, it that's how I see but it. this is what I'm saying the bitches that twam you're not friends with them we trying to build a friendship we trying to build some and for you to just be sitting smiling in my face laughing cackling cackling hee 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 that's up to me that's up to and me you know what it is what it is and, and just like you want to swear on your baby's life I swear on my daughter's life that nobody even knew who you was like I wasn't starting because who Kenny I wasn't was in with Boston Everybody exactly. Knew. You think I like researched who dude was with? It was like you didn't even exist. I'm certainly not gonna let you sleeping with him mean something to me. That wasn't the issue. You're missing the point of what the I'm saying. What the I'm saying? You are a non mother factor, bitch. Okay, no, you. No, 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 no,
You're gonna tell me that you slept with my ex-husband and that I was obsolete, that I didn't matter. That is disrespectful. Let that bitch go! I have never in my 40 years of being on this earth allowed anyone to disrespect me. That bitch should have been honest. I felt that she had just displayed the ultimate form of betrayal in terms of what I thought our friendship was developing into. I thought everything was cool. I'm sitting up here saying nice things about her, trying to be cool with her, being a friend to her, not disrespecting her. I mean, I I felt Tammy. I, I understood, like, where she was coming from. I understood both sides. Um, because it's like, I, I know how these guys operate. If I was smiling in your face and have your man and didn't tell you that that is foul. I can't trust any of these bitches. That's really how I feel. Let me tell you, don't nobody know how you feel. I do. The only thing that I'm sure about is these bitches are not my friends, and I gotta learn to face the truth about that. I cared about y'all. I would never do that. Oh, I know. I know. I don't know what's gonna happen with Evelyn and Tammy. This one has caught me for a loop completely. I can't give you a heads or tails on it. I have no idea what is it gonna happen? <sighs> if only y'all could have seen, if only y'all could have seen how Evelyn was talking out her neck and how Tammy was smoking the fuck out that cigarette. I just want to know how Tammy kept the cigarette in her hand after she struck Evelyn. Because the cigarette was intact. I don't know how she did that magic. <laughs> Black magic. <laughs> oh, shit. Shout out to Basketball Wives. Next up, we have Black Ink Crew. Last but not least on the lineup, all right? Premiered on VH1 2013. And the last episode new episode as of to date aired april 2020 so black ink crew has been around for quite some time now they've been able to make a few strides the purpose of that show is following a black owned business a tattoo shop which originally started in harlem new york that was the first season's basis and it's highlighting celebrity clientele dysfunctional yet working business relations and just kind of seeing a black owned business and how it operates so i love black ink crew because Again, you have these tattoo shows from some of the shows I've seen, and they're all pretty white-based. You don't get to see that showcasing of black people when a predominant majority uh, of black people are tatted. So I, I, don't, I don't know why we didn't have anything prior to. But I love it. We get to see a black-owned business, a black uh, you know, lineup of employees, a black boss, you know, and we get to kind of see how they operate and maneuver. Now, to me, the first season was one of the best. 
the first is always one of the best for me because you get to see the layout. Um, you get to see the stories. You get to see how their life impacts the work that they do um, and how they maneuver and function and, and keep their business thriving. So Black Ink Crew, really, they focus more on celebrity clientele. But they do have those moments where people will come in, people that have booked like months in advance, okay, just to get a damn consultation and then to get tatted. And you get to see that backstory of what these tattoos mean, and you get to see the creative process that goes into it with the Black tattoo artist. I used to want one of my friends to be a tattoo artist. She's amazing. She's always known how to draw, but she didn't want to tattoo people. I didn't understand that. But I would love to see more um, Black tattoo artists artists again we get to see another extension of black representation um we're not just athletes we're not just rappers we're also tattoo artists so i love the show um i would just i guess like a little more detail as far as to i don't know business antics that they do to draw in clientele um because i think that's something everybody can learn from period but um i love the show true 10 out of 10 i think that is great as it's gotten older, it's definitely lost its, you know, pizzazz um, for me. But initially, it was a great idea. And again, I love just that representation of black media. Now, I know some of y'all sitting here saying, well, why you didn't say love and hip hop? Now, love and hip hop is an honorable mention. We're not going to sit here and just throw that out the, you know, works because that did bring us Cardi B and a handful of other reality stars. But again, after season one and really some of season one, it really just was ratchet and it didn't really provide enough, I don't know, originality as far as to why we need to continue watching it. To me, it was just another opportunity for black people to act fake. Love and hip hop is so staged, especially now. It's just so staged and it's just like, ugh. I mean, Basketball Wives is a little more staged now as well, but at least the plot is a little more original. With love and hip hop, we use we you know we kind of know what the fuck go on behind closed doors. I mean, y'all tell us all the time on social media, so I mean, and then like we really need that insight. You know what I'm saying? So love hip hop to me is just really drama filled. It's really painted a lot of negative depictions. I think within black media, especially for black women. Okay, because all we're aspiring to do is have big booties and buy bags now. So I I don't know. Say what you want, but um. I didn't want to mention it because to me, it, it doesn't create a lane of originality. To me, it's a piggyback in a sense of basketball wives. If you want to just keep it 100. So what have all of these black shows taught us? Okay. For one, they've taught us the importance of embracing variations of black media. Embracing a new black as we've never imagined. The ability to create content, good ass content, the black way. And also reminding us that the sky is the fucking limit. So if you've never seen any of these or some of these or none of these or one of these, make sure that you take some time to pay homage to modern black culture as it is paving the way for the next 10 years. Just a reminder, half of these shows came out in the early to late 2000s. And here we are in 2021, get ready to embark on another 10 years. What type of media will you see? Thank y'all for listening as always. Peace out.